Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Tuesday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. Appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churnin' Spoon Ice Cream. Start, start your day the right way with Strange Brew Coffee House. What was that cryptic tweet? Did you see that? I did not. What was it? They tweeted out... Uh, like a map. It looked like they're in the Madison area. Uh-oh. Could a million-dollar idea be coming to uh, fruition? What are we looking at? What, what kind of Bru- name? Bruison? I, I don't know. Well, here's the thing. Brewtown. Eh. Like Here, Germantown. Eh. Brewtown. Here's the thing, though. Got to invest in a lot of brick. That's right. You know, don't you be bringing you know, plywood into Miss Mary's uh, kingdom. All right, Brick City. That's right. So, good luck with that. If that's, I don't know what the, I, I. I'm not saying anything. I'm not saying. Brick's not super expensive, so oh, I think I, I, I think no Shane idea. can make it work. I have no idea how much brick costs. It's not bad. Okay. It's, it's not bad right now. All right. Well, that's great. This has been today's building materials update. Thanks to Robbie Falk. When I did my fireplace, I had leftover brick for my for my house, so I didn't have to pay for the brick. But from what I was told, because uh, I'm in the process of building a house, it's not. It's not that bad. Okay. Okay. Well, you know what else is not that bad? In fact, it's actually really good. Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. That's Tied correct. it all together. Tied it all That's together. That's correct. <laughs> I got to take my shirt off now? <laughs> ah. If I was going to take my shirt off, I would replace it with one from College Corner. College Corner and collegecornerstore.com. Make sure before you get to Starkville, you've got your shopping done so you can get to the game, get to the tailgate, or get wherever it is you're looking to go. College Corner, two locations to serve you in the Jackson area. They're original by Fleet Feet. They're in Florida by the Half Shell. Or you can shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Humble Taco is waiting to see you when you are in Starkville. If you haven't already been, you are missing out. And if you have been, you know what I'm talking about. It is Starkville's newest and best Mexican restaurant. So unique. And a menu that's going to satisfy any eater you've got. The pickiest eater. A vegan, a gluten-free, a keto. It doesn't matter. They've got you covered at Humble Taco. So head over there this weekend or next weekend, next time you're in Starkville. Grab a seat on the patio, grab some chips and salsa, a margarita, and enjoy some unique and delicious Mexican food. Mississippi State gets the win and goes into the bye week or the off week, I guess I should say, with momentum. Uh, Will Rogers named SEC Offensive Player of the Week, one of three uh, named today. Not a fan of that, by the way. Just pick one. You're going to hurt somebody's feelings. I get it, but pick one. On this one, they both deserved it, though. Well, there were three. There was three? Yeah. Oh, who was the other? Well, who who do you think is the, the first one? Well, I thought it was Bo Nix and Will Rogers, but I guess it was I also Brian Robinson. Okay, I guess I, I wouldn't scroll. I would have enough. gone Brian Robinson. Four touchdowns rushing, is that's a good number. That's a big number. Against a top 10 team, top 12 team. Yeah. I mean, I know defensively they're not top 10, but still. still. Yeah. Um, 
But Will Rogers, very deserving in my opinion, had a, had a good week. So a lot of momentum for MSU. I think you saw a different Will Rogers as well. You saw a confident Will Rogers. And you saw him after the game. You know, say what you we've talked in great detail about what he had to say. Whether you like it or don't like it, you're gonna have to learn to love it a little bit. But I like seeing a little swag. I like seeing a little, you know, my team. This is my team. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna talk to us that way. Kind of attitude from him. I'll, I'll give him that. Um, so I think there's a lot to build on from this game. But any as there is in any game. There's things to work on as well. So that's what the, the sort of the theme is going to be here. A couple of things to build on, a couple of things to work on. What do you think a couple of things to build on from this win are? The fact that, and I know that this defense might be slightly overrated, I still think this is a really good defense. You threw for 400 yards against the defense, and they knew what was coming. So, and that the defense, I think the pass defense was ranked in the top 10. And, you know, they have really good pass rushers. Your offensive line did a great job blocking them. You put together two really good games in a row for that offensive line against two teams that are proficient up front. I think that's that's something you can definitely build on. For Will Rogers, you saw, I think he had five plays for for 20 or more. That's solid. That's solid. You need to, you'd like to increase that a little bit more, but that's a really good number against a drop eight defense. I know they ran a little bit they ran some man at times, but um against mostly a defense that's that's just begging you to throw underneath, he got some shots down the field and made some plays. And there were a couple of more plays that weren't made that he could have could have got big yardage. So I think you look at those numbers, you look at what he did, he went into college station, handled himself really well, really poised, no interceptions, no turnovers from him. The fact that he did that in a really tough environment, one of the best environments in the in the country, I think that's something you could definitely build on if you're Mississippi State. And for Will Rogers, especially in that offense, you've now shown that you can have success against a couple of really good defenses. Uh, LSU is, is hit or miss, but these are really talented teams, and you've had success against them. You're showing that the air raid can work, and it can work even against a drop eight defense that everybody said it, it wouldn't work against. I like that. I mean, and anything you take from this game offensively from the passing game is a build on, in my opinion. This was State, in my opinion's best and most efficient and most explosive passing performance of the season. I like the stat you tweeted out, by the way, earlier today on Monday that was Will Rogers over his 11 starts. When you look at it like that, we are really nitpicking on this guy and being critical. When you look at his stats, I think it was, I know it was over 3,500 yards passing, which means in a 12 game season, he's averaging enough to take him over Dak Prescott's single. He's averaging 38, over 3,800. In a a season, he's averaging over 3,800 yards and probably has 27 touchdowns, four, maybe five interceptions. Yeah, that's where he is right now. Yeah. That's that's pretty damn impressive. If you look at those numbers and you, you consider that's a season's worth. Yeah. And then, I mean, that's not even that's that's not even taking out the fact that a lot of that was his first season as a starter. Let, let's just include it for what it is. That's impressive. Yeah. Now include it and you know look at his numbers this year and what he's expected to do, mm-hmm. what he's on pace to do. Mm-hmm. If he throws for over 360 yards a game this year, mm-hmm. if he averages three touchdowns a ball game. Mm-hmm. Those numbers are going to be astronomical. Yeah, they're but going to be not, Mike Leach air raid quarterback numbers. But that is not. As impressive to me as the intercept touchdown interception ratio. Yeah, that that to me is really impressive because I think I said that 
he's thrown what 560 passes, mm-hmm. something like that. So he's thrown over 550 passes in his starts, and only four of those have been intercepted. Yeah, I mean that's really tough to do. That's like that's like a, a shooter, mm-hmm. a, a basketball shooter shooting. I, I'll give him mid range. Yeah, if you're shooting 500 mid range shots, yeah, and, and and you're making 75 percent of those, you're yeah. pretty good shooter. And the only you know. Obviously, there's the the explosive plays that you want to get more of. But if you're calling Will Rogers a game manager, well, then he is an elite game manager. Yeah, he is not turning the ball over. He's making he's completing passes. He's moving the chains for the most part. They're just having some stall out issues here and there, and then they need to find some big plays. So I I, I agree with you. I think that we're all nitpicking. That's that's the word. Yep. That's the word. It's not. Will Rogers is uh, people saying that he's incapable of needing a new quarterback or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's not incapable. He's he's able to run this offense at a very very high level. Mm-hmm. What you can say is there are things that he can do better, or there's things that this offense can do better. Mm-hmm. I think that's a fair assessment. It's not fair to say that Will Rogers isn't good. It's not fair to say there needs to be a change at quarterback. It's not fair to say anything like that. It's fair to say that there's more to gain in this offense, which is a scary thought because they're averaging 370 yeah. yards passing or whatever it is a game. Yeah, I mean, if you get that number up to 400. Which, again, talking about – we brought this up last week. We're talking about maybe two to three completions that instead of being a four- to five-yard completion are a 20-plus-yard completion. Yeah. Two or three plays a game. That just where he throws it down the field and finds a guy. He started to do that a little bit more. I'm interested that Alabama's not the best test for him, but after that, I I mean when they play Vanderbilt, I think he has a chance to be over ten yards per attempt because they're just bad. That's a game where I, I'm telling him let's let's Let take some shots because they can't yeah. score. Yeah, you go out there. We if we make if we throw an interception right here, that's fine. But let, let's start taking some shots down the field because we have better receivers mm-hmm. than they have defensive backs. Those guys should win those battles. Mm-hmm. Malik Heath, Makai Polk, you should be throwing fades down the field. You should be throwing uh, passes across the middle of the field to Jameer Calvin, Jaden Wally for you know 15 yards down the field. You need to be taking some shots in that ball game. Maybe not against Alabama. Maybe maybe you just try to methodically move the ball down the field against them. But in that game. They should be able to take some shots and, and put up some big numbers. Just real quick, so this put there's some put out a large, it's like a large chart of every AP voter. Yes. So they got your your Twitter handle wrong on there. Yes. I want to talk to you about something. You have Texas A and M twenty fifth. Is my thing fixed? I don't know. I mean, this this is apparently your poll. You got Kentucky sixteenth. Okay, so here's here's my thing on A and M. The bo- bottom half of the top twenty five is so weak. It is weak. So I can go with A and M there, or I can go with Fresno State. Yeah. So my thinking is they've gone from fifteen. They've dropped ten spots. Right. I mean, if you're nitpicking that stuff in the bottom half, I just have to That's say the only like, nitpick I had for you. Everybody's gonna have jumbled up people. I agree. I agree. And that but I, I I'm glad that this, this is out here now because maybe now you can you need to retweet. I that. can rest yeah. on uh but but it's just gonna be somebody else yeah. coming through. So we've also got uh Jacob Wright on Twitter telling me that I'm too negative about this game against Alabama. Buddy first off what? 
How am I being negative about the game against Alabama? It is what it is. They're the number one team in the nation. Robbie Stark, 247, they say. That's actually not a bad... First off, you know, you, you sort of look like Rob Stark, you know, pre-death. Yeah. And you could pull that off. <laughs> so, this guy's telling me I'm too negative about the game against Alabama. I'm sorry for our participating in Bama Respect Week, or two weeks. What, what, what did you say? Well, what did I say? That's my point. I didn't say anything. He just tweeted it right at me. It's like, buddy, I'm going to tell you for the next two weeks, Mississippi State's going to lose to Alabama. If you don't like hearing it, I don't know what to tell you. All right. What's something else to build on? Let's go back to that. So let's give me something defensively. Defensively, you had some tough moments in that ball game, but you made adjustments. And I thought the big thing for State was, like I said in in our post game, we had that we, we had the, those moments from what we saw with that defense where they were just giving up those explosive plays, and you're thinking that this team's going to run for 300, they're going to give up 30 something points in this game. But State corralled that, and they were able to stop them between you know the red zone, and I thought that was huge. It saved the game for Mississippi State because it made it a field goal game for Texas A&M, and State was able to score some touchdowns. So I thought the defense adjusting and finding a way to to make plays in that ball game, just enough plays to win it was was huge, and it, you know it was it was kind of interesting the offense this game. You're really satisfied for the most part with that offense, with the exception of the red zone, but it was the defense that was letting you down at times. For them to come up and make the plays when they mattered, I thought that was big. Nathan Pickering getting the sack for the safety. Nate Watson got a big sack in the red zone when they were on the verge of scoring that forced a field goal. So, you know, the big interception for Fred Peters in the first possession, that was huge because State was able to go down there and score. So, yeah, I, I thought the defense adjusting was, was a big deal. I like one thing I like, if I can say build on something, is you mentioned Nathan Pickering, right? Really the first time this year we've called his name. It feels like every week somebody else is making a play. This this defense has depth. They're, 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 they're getting guys all over the field making plays. Uh, you mentioned Nate Watson. Jet Johnson has come out of, you know, nobody expected him to really make much of an impact this year. Instead, he's become maybe State's best linebacker. And we're still sort of waiting on Aaron Brule. You know it's going to happen eventually. It's just It's just going to. Tyrus Weed has been good all year. Forbes and Emerson have been good. I thought Colin Duncan had a big play. Uh, he had a big tackle on uh, on Saturday night. Uh, had a, I'm sorry, a big pass breakup on Saturday night. Uh, Jalen Green has been good. Fred Peters had an interception. So that's something I, I like about this defense is that it seems week in and week out that you're you're getting different guys making plays. It's not the same guys over and over again, which can be good. Don't get me wrong. If you know if they're consistent, but. When when you when you don't know who to, to game plan for, that's something that that really that really helps. What's something that uh, state needs to work on? Let's start. Let's look at it offensively. Is there something that, that caught your eye that like they've got to get that fixed? On Saturday, it's basically, and this is kind of my main struggle with Mississippi State right now as a whole offensively is just finishing in the red zone. I think this offense is good enough to move the football all the way down the field. When you get inside the ten, is the problem. Mm-hmm. It's like you need to if you're if you're around the twenty yard line, you need to find a way to score from there. Because when they get inside the ten, they just can't do it. I I don't understand what the issue is. I, I think the biggest issue is the offensive lines being asked to block in in, in a tighter space with not so tight splits. Right. Um. You know we've there's there's still controversy whether or not states tighten their splits. I trust Cole Kubelik. I haven't been able to 
to to to break down game film to tell. Right. I, I trust his eyes, his eyes, and what he sees with the offensive mm-hmm. line. And he mentioned it again on Saturday night. Yeah. So I I got to think that they've done something, and the offensive line's played better. So I mean, there's got to be some correlation. But when you get inside the five yard line and you have everybody stacked in the box. You're asking those five guys to block a lot more than three at that point. Mm-hmm. And, you know, LSU was able to do it against State a couple weeks ago. A&M was as well. That's just an impossible task to ask your team to move those players out of the way when you're spread out like that. So I think that's the biggest thing. I don't know if they need a new a new package to run inside the goal line. Do you need to bring in an, an extra blocker? Do you need to get under center? I don't know, but... I feel like something's got to happen there to allow them the opportunity to score more inside the red zone against teams like A&M, LSU, mm-hmm. Georgia, Memphis. if they play them. Memphis. They did struggle against Memphis. I mean, it's just – I think is there, there's a play-calling thing here in that it feels predictable down there. It feels like first down, they're going to try a short pass. Second down, they're going to try a run. Third down, they're going to throw a fade. It just feels like that's that's sort of where they or, or or maybe second down fade, third down run. It feels like you know they got to get something different going on down there. You know, I like the, I like the quick throw to Wally. That's, although that's a good play. If they start doing that more, somebody's gonna jump in front of that and take it to the it's house. It's true. You got to be you got to be prepared for that. But there there's 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 you know ways to you know use that as a decoy and then and have somebody else there. So there's a lot of options. But yeah, I, I think it's a play calling issue more than anything else because he's certainly not. I like your ideas. Don't get me wrong about going under center and putting. Those, He's not going to do that. Those aren't going to happen. So, but I'm saying like, if you want to have more success down there, there's got to be some. There's got to be a change of philosophy. Yeah. And what you're doing because right now it's not working. I agree. Uh, it was they scored on three of the four possessions. I think and was it? Did they have three? They had four possessions inside the red zone. They miss a field goal one time. I think they they. Yeah, but that's the one where they, they got, got pushed backed out. Up. Yeah. But it still counts. They weren't. It was a red zone possession, but they didn't finish in the red zone. So they scored. They scored two touchdowns inside the red zone, kicked a field goal. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah. You need that needs to be your percentage of touchdowns need to be much higher because yeah. they're getting in. They're getting to like inside the five. Right. They need to. They need to finish those drives more because I, I feel like this offense, what they've done better this year than they did last year, mm-hmm. you don't see as many three and outs. You don't see as many punts. They're pushing the ball down the field. They didn't have any three and outs against A&M at all. So these these offenses are, gonna, are, are going to have more opportunities to score. You've got to finish those drives, and it's got to be more than just field goals. Defensively, I mean, missed tackles is what stood out for me, obviously, uh, from, from Saturday night. But I don't know that that's, you know, the, the the big issue or anything like that. What's something to work on defensively, or is that it for you? Uh, it's I mean that and just those explosive plays. They just they can't get past it. I don't know. But don't I, you don't you think that you have it's to got a product at, of the defense? Well, you got to look at the, everything as a whole. All right. If I think A and M ran, if I'm I could be wrong, but it's it's like fifty five plays, right? And they had 297 yards, which in and of itself, that's a good number. Yes. 85 of those yards are on two plays. So on the other 53 plays, they're at like 203 yards. I mean, I'm yeah, willing to what give, was, up, give up those two big plays. that didn't. They weren't touchdowns. Yeah, but what what happens for your defense if you if you make those plays? Well, no, you're not wrong. I don't think you can excuse that just because... You're not wrong, but at the same time, 
those plays still happen. Right. Though, and I, I I just think you need to limit those big plays. Yeah. If you could, I mean, they had, had it in half. One of the runs, one of those runs off. Yeah. One of the runs was a fifty yard gain or whatever it yeah. was. So forty five to forty one. If they just wrapped the guy up at yeah. the line of scrimmage, that that they're tackles. at two hundred and fifty yards of offense. I mean that that changes the complexity of the game. I as a whole. The defense. You look at the the, stat, the stats and the defense mm-hmm. looks good. You hold him under three hundred yards. You win the ball game on the road. Yeah. But those are those are plays that will lose you ball games, and they have lost you games against LSU and even Memphis. You got to make those plays yeah. if you're in position. I just and a lot of times they are in position. Just for me, I I I like to look at you know, I can't get too mad under three hundred yards. I can't really get that mad at three fifty in this day of age college football, and I certainly can't get mad at what they're giving up. You know, per game, point wise. Well, you asked, what do they need to improve? But no, I know. I'm, I'm not. And I, I mean, can it be both? Can it be both? I can't be mad about the defense, right? But I can also say that they've got things to they improve. They need to, because yeah. I promise you, Zach Arnett didn't look at the stat sheet and say we did a really good job. Oh, he no. said we just gave up two huge plays that cost us points. That's not harsh enough. Come on now. Well, I'm trying. This is radio friendly. My mother's probably listening to this. We suck. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I guess I just didn't get, do a very good job. Which should have been two hundred and fifty yards. Yeah. Should have been two hundred yards. I guess I I just suck as a play caller. Yeah, he he would tell you that it should be zero. They shouldn't cross exactly. the line of scrimmage. Well, the objective is to allow no yards. Exactly, exactly. And of course, you know, we didn't mention it in the first, but special teams sort of goes without saying. Right? <laughs> That's a work on thing. Did you see my special teams MVP? Who was? I, it? I went with Mississippi State's MVP, Jaquavius Marks, yeah. for recovering an onside. But we kick. had to, by the way. Shout out to our friend Logan Lowry. Because I I texted uh, I have we have a group text and I was like why is Marks the S, the special teams player Marks recovered the onside kick which was a huge play it was I don't 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 get me wrong but yeah. the fact that that's that's has that's that's to be the you guy to go with yeah so they don't have field goal kick they, they got to work on that they they kick the ball out of bounds on the kickoff I mean it's, getting Ruiz back this week or next week will be a go a long way to fixing a lot of those issues I think it will if he's a hundred percent yeah it will I agree all right. Let's move on into the second half of the show. That's brought to you by our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. You know, miss, beef is just what's for dinner, and I've, I don't just say that. You know, I'm sort of like the hair club for men. I'm not only a uh, the the spokesman for the Mississippi Beef Council. I'm also a client. You know full well that every every week I got plenty of great beef in my fridge, and I'm cooking it up. And you should be too. 29 cuts of leaner beef that are a complete recipe for better health, lean protein, essential nutrients, and great taste and nothing beats the sizzle of beef on the grill make sure you're heading over to the website by the way msbeef.org they have great recipe ideas this is the time of year it's starting to get a little colder you want to make chili or stew or soup and you want to use beef man they've got a lot of great recipes for it check them out again that website is mississippi beef msbeef.org beef it's what's for dinner Two brothers smoked meats in the heart of the Cotton District. That's the place you want to be uh, when you're back in Starkville. Six o'clock kickoff that just announced earlier uh, for Alabama, Mississippi State, Alabama. So Friday night, Saturday afternoon, that place will be buzzing. Head over there, head out on the patio, enjoy the weather, enjoy the people watching, and most importantly, enjoy great food. And also, don't forget to get two brothers to cater your tailgate. It's as simple as this. On any day up to Wednesday of game week, email them at twobrotherstarkville at gmail.com and place your order. You can get be the envy of the junction with Two Brothers Smoked Meats. 
Advantage Business Systems wants to take care of your business, and they have a two-pronged plan to do it. They're going to offer you an incredible selection of products and services, everything your business might need from a technological standpoint. Copiers, printers, computers, whatever it is, they've got you taken care of. And then every sale is backed up with incredible customer service, the kind you would expect from your next-door neighbor. Give them a call today because that's what they are. They are your next-door neighbor. They're a Mississippi business. They have been through this whole time, 46 years, and been helping out businesses just like yours. Call them today. Find out what they can do for you. 601-362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. We've got a second cameraman in the... Oh, the Urban Meyer thing? the Urban Meyer. We've got... The second camera, I saw that. Somebody said, completing the process of the catch. Somebody called it a second shooter. Well, I saw a really funny one that I don't think your mom's listening. <laughs> Otherwise, I thought it was really funny. Did you see my tweet, the comparison between the Tennessee fans? Yes, and him? fantastic. So I will share my, my, my the other tweet after we're done. Please do. SEC picks time. I'm still two games up on Robbie, but this week I think has you coward. Potential. It's got some potential, so let's get right into it. With the first game of the day, I'm gonna have to tell my wife. You know, I'll be in New York for this one. I gotta, I gotta tell the wife and kids. Hey, why don't you go find something to do for three and a half hours? You're gonna dump your wife and kids out on New York by themselves? I'm doing it on one night anyway because they're going to Hamilton. Oh my gosh, so. dude! What? New York City? Have you met my wife? She'll, yeah, she can she take kick your ass. I'll tell you that. Well, that doesn't take much. I'm just saying. So. Arkansas at Ole Miss. This is always a crazy game. Weird things have always happened. Last year was Matt Corral throwing not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, but six interceptions. I think two of them went back for touchdowns in the Arkansas win. 11 a.m. kick. Yeah. Oh, this could get nuts. It's gonna. I think it's going to be funky. I think you know the crowd is going to be like just dragging itself out of bed. Long night at the library. I'll just go ahead and tell you. I'm taking the Razorbacks here. Oh. So. Oh. Oh, yeah. I think I'm going Ole Miss. Oh, here we go. Yeah, let's. I mean, the, I, I got to. I'm going to have to make some. disdain on his face when he said I'm going to have to make some decisions here. I'm going to have. I've got to make some. Make up some ground. No, I agree. I agree. And I, you know, I just. I feel like we saw last year Barry Odom had. One of the best defensive game plans for Ole Miss. Yeah, of anybody, he kind of set the blueprint. Yeah, just like he did with Mississippi State. You think he'll? He won't. I think be able he's to gonna. That? I, I do think that, but I think that this. I think Ole Miss's team is talented enough that they're going to be able to score some points. And Matt Corral has been thinking about this game since last year. I, I think he's going to have an extra chip on his shoulder in this game. That could be a bad thing though, because he can get a little emotional out there. He can. You know, he can make some mistakes. When he gets a little hyped up, I'm going to go with Ole Miss simply because you're going with Arkansas, and I need to change it up. Here. Okay, I need to I need to make up. Some I will ground. say this: I think Arkansas can run the football, and we saw last week that Ole Miss they, they struggle against the run. So, we'll yeah, see. I, it's going to be an interesting game. I mean, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. All right, uh, I, I think whoever loses this game is in trouble. Oh, I agree with that. I think they're starting to kind of. I agree with that. Tail down. I think we'll both take Florida to, to bounce back and grab a win over Vanderbilt, and then we'll have that's at 11 a.m. too. Oh, Ugh. So is this one, South Carolina and Tennessee. Three 11 a.m. games? Oh, my goodness. Two of them are crap, though. So you don't, I mean, you, you know which one to watch. Yeah. I think Tennessee has gotten a little better each week since that, that pit game, and they murdered Missouri last week. South Carolina, 
I was one of the few people who thought that Troy could cover that spread, and I was so close. I did miss it, but they only by two points. South Carolina's not good. not good. I'm taking Tennessee. Tennessee's actually good on offense. Yeah. That I mean, they scored against Florida. Yeah. They they can score. Yeah. It's just kind of their their defense is not very good. I'm interested to see them next week when they play Ole Miss because they can run yeah. the football. Yeah. So I, I'm going Tennessee as well. Georgia at Auburn. This has got to be one of the earliest uh, this rivalry has been paid. The Deep South's oldest rivalry. Georgia's just a machine right now. I'll take the Bulldogs. Yeah. You know, Auburn's done some weird things at home in games against you know teams like Georgia. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw the the uh, what was the what was the the catch off of the the Hail Mary a few years ago yeah, in 2013. Yeah. The prayer at Jordan Hare. So I, you know, you never count out Auburn when Auburn Jesus is in town, but I'm going to go with Georgia here. Fair enough. Uh, I will go Missouri over North Texas. Although you never know. Yeah, I mean Missouri seems to to really suck. I was way off on them. I thought they I, was, had, I like, thought Drinkwitz was kind of heading the right direction. I thought I, they had like potentially third in the East. You know, he, he's he's been talking a bunch of trash and yeah. stuff. Like, it, you, yeah. your team's not good enough to do that. So this is going to go downhill fast for him. Let's loop around here. We'll both take Alabama to beat Texas A and M. I think pretty easily. Yes. All right, and then maybe some some controversy here. LSU at Kentucky, number 16 Kentucky, which is where Robbie Falk has them rated. If you are a Kentucky fan and you're bothering him, leave him alone. Somebody else will jump in whenever they see that. I they see my poll. So here's what I think. I think all the air is out of the tire for LSU. Yeah, it's starting it's, to go. I think it's over. Uh, I, I, Orgeron is done. They, they, just, they have too many games on their schedule left that they can't win. This, this isn't one of them. They could win. But on the road, Kentucky's got to be – that place has got to be going crazy. Kentucky wins this game. They have Georgia next week. Mm-hmm. I mean, on the off chance that something weird happens, all of a sudden you're in the driver's seat. They don't let it get away. Kentucky wins this game. I think I think, I think Kentucky gets killed next week. But Probably. This is an interesting game. Oh, yeah, I agree. If, if LSU <clears throat> had any kind of future ahead of them in our minds – Ed Orgeron moving in the right direction, I would pick LSU in this game. The fact that they seem to be wobbling there, so, you know, State we talked about they couldn't kick them off the cliff. Mm-hmm. They're wobbling a little bit. They just got beat at home against Auburn. They're not winning this game. This is this is a trap game situation for Kentucky though too. Yeah, with Georgia looking ahead to Georgia, but I'm taking Kentucky in this game. They've right. they've created a solid home field advantage. They're you know they haven't been dominant, but yeah. they got a huge winning as far as next last week. Yeah, I, I'm taking them in this one. So we, I, something's going to happen this week between you and I. Right, one game will be either made up or or, I'll or be you'll distance up. yourself. Right. And that's three is no going to be back. tough. There's that's no coming back from that. Come back from unless you have like a miracle final day, like I had on Bob in '16, where I picked three upsets right. So shout out yeah. to to Derek Mason. <clears throat> you never know. You never know. All right, that's it for the week. Guys, have a great week. Robbie and I will be back. Well, I'll be back with you on Sunday uh, evening, Monday morning. Uh, Robbie will still be out of town. We'll have a guest host. We'll have to find out. And uh, when Robbie returns, we got a great week as we pre- as Bama Respect Week goes into full bore, and we prepare for Mississippi State versus Alabama. Talk to you guys uh, later. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.